Hi, it's Kelsey, and welcome back to QuarterCast. Sorry about that little unexpected break there last week. Uh, just had some things going on, and I couldn't get the episode up. But we're back with a really good one. We have as a guest, Stars in the Sea. They're a post-punk band from here in Baltimore. They formed in 2008 with guitarist Shane Gardner and drummer John Leatherman and bassist Jen Pruitt. Not too long ago, they put out a short album called Goth Punk, which is kind of funny because they're, strictly speaking, neither goth nor, strictly speaking, punk. Uh, they, they joke about that on this episode. We're going to cover things like how Shane gets that sweet, sweet guitar tone. We're going to touch on his photography, which is amazing. Uh, I actually met him because he did some photos for Santa Labrada that will appear on our upcoming vinyl release. If you haven't picked up our digital album yet, head on over to Bandcamp. Just Google San Labrada Bandcamp and uh, check it out. You can also find it on Spotify and uh, Google and Amazon and all that. With that plug out of the way, let's get right to the good stuff. This is Galaxy by the Stars in the Sea.
<laughs> All right, this is Kelsey. This is Quartercast. We're here with Stars in the Sea. How are you guys? Great. Doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Let's introduce ourselves. Um, we'll start with you, Shane. Uh, say your name, what you play, and we'll go around so everybody knows your voice. Uh, Shane Gardner, guitar player, singer. John Leatherman, drums. I'm Jen Pruitt. I play bass. And uh, so how did you all meet up? How did this project start? Well, I started a band called Edge of the Wheel um, probably um, maybe 11 years ago or even longer, 13 years ago. And um, after like two years years of that, it kind of like fell apart. And I was trying to think of things to do. And back then I was just playing guitar and I wasn't singing at all. And so I started writing some demos and recording them on my own. And started to sing and I actually started looking for singers to sing the music and I couldn't find anyone. So I just started to do it on my, started to do sing on my own and mm-hmm. see what I could do with it. And, um, after about a year of that, I started, I actually went and recorded some of the songs and that was our first uh, EP called eight. And, um, then after that, I looked for players to play it out live. And that's where John comes in, um, yeah. probably seven years ago, maybe. I'm, I met you in late April early may of uh 2010 and he we met and he handed me the the eight um ep and asked me to listen to it and learn it if i was interested and i said yeah sure so i learned it and uh i guess about two week two or three weeks later um we played out live my first uh gig was in july of 2010 wow yeah, so you really, you had to learn it all real fast and then get ready. and Right. And you said it went well, though? It was a good yes. good, good Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah it, was, it was a good time. And I, I thought that, um, you know, I, I thought I had the, the part being in the band. And um, so I just started writing and ideas, lyrics, and presenting them to him. And uh, we just started from there. And that's how it really just kept going. Oh, so you contribute lyrics as well. Does does everybody kind of bring um, lyr- lyrics into the, the band? or uh, Mostly just John and Shane. Okay. How it works sometimes is I'll, um, I either write a full song on my own, but if I get stuck, I'll ask John to like start writing something to either inspire me to write uh, write something or, or what he writes becomes the song itself. Gotcha. So it's kind of play. Like he'll write like some of the, the verses that are... Um, more of avant-garde and then but then i'll bring in the more common chorus type of uh lyrics to support all that stuff and then just to double back uh jen how did did you get in mixed in with the project yeah so um i actually moved to baltimore in 2013 uh like springtime 2013 and um started making friends in the music scene and and getting to know the the local baltimore scene and uh was introduced to stars in the sea uh, well these two guys through a mutual friend um, and they had just um, parted ways with their prior bass player and were looking to fill that role. And my mutual friend was like, well, you play bass, they need a bass player. I think it might be a good fit. And so I hit them up on Facebook Messenger and set up an audition and it went really well and uh, was really excited to get to be involved in a, a great band, like really being new to the city and everything helped, helped me out a lot in making friends and getting to play some great music. And uh, it's been awesome. That's great. So it's been um, going on, it'll be five years at the end of this year with Stars in the Sea. And you said you had come from upstate New York before we started talking? So yeah, I actually grew up in upstate New York, um, but I've lived uh, all around the country. I went to college in Boston, and then I moved to L.A. for a couple years, then I was in Atlanta for a while, and then I lived in St. Louis for seven years or so, and now here in Baltimore, and uh, played in bands in all of those cities. Cool. And uh, you said you did the Berkeley thing, right? Um, can you 
talk a little bit about um, how that's shaped your uh, your your bass playing? Sure, absolutely. So it's actually interesting. Um, I, when I went to Berkeley um, College of Music, uh, I actually went as a saxophone player. Oh, really? Initially, wow. um, in my first semester of doing that, I I, I, uh, I was like, I don't really want to continue um, on as a saxophone player, and I already played guitar, so I switched my instrument to guitar, majored in songwriting, and then. Like my last year of college, I was working on my portfolio for graduation. And I bought a bass um, so that I could lay down some bass tracks to my own songs. But mm. I wasn't a bass player, you know. I just bought a bass. Yeah, you you, you owned know, a bass. Need, I needed to like play <laughs> with a, a bass. That's how a lot of bass you know? players start. Is they're the one that owns a bass? <laughs> exactly what happened. So as soon as people started finding out, like, oh, she's got a bass, like. I need somebody to play bass in my project, and so people started asking me, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I'm not a bass player, but I'll try. <laughs> Um, and I ended up getting into a band that my senior year of college that we moved out to LA together after I graduated um, and played for a summer there. But then those guys were still in college, so they had to go back, and I stayed. Oh, wow. And it just kind of, there's always a need for bass players, so it just kind of stuck. And now it's been about nearly 20 years that I've been playing bass in bands around the country. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, what was it that um, drew you guys to Shane's music? Like, what? what uh, how did you? Um why did it seem like it would be a good fit well for me it 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 hit on things that i really liked it like um the cult pixies i could hear a lot of things that um that he was doing and i heard a lot of things that he wasn't doing that i thought maybe uh you know if i do this this way or play a certain way or um interject some of my influences and and ideas um it might spawn something, but I re I really loved the just the, the pure tone of his guitar, number one, and um, the um, the energy and it had a lot of uh, just uh, drive and um, uh, like it was, it was going somewhere as far as um, a, a musical concept. So that was what really drew me to um, the the EP eight and, and joining the band. Yeah. And I was pretty fortunate by the time I came onto the scene, they had already had, you know, a few other albums out too. And, um, I had to, uh, like a wealth of music I could listen to, to really get into them. And like kind of to the point John was making, there's an intensity there that mm -hmm. I was really drawn to. Um, and it's rock, but it's like, it's not, you're just your typical, you know, everybody is doing it kind of rock. I feel like it has a neat uniqueness to it and a, a good groove and, and just like there's, I guess intensity is the word I keep coming back to yeah. um, that I really enjoy um, being involved with. I definitely hear that. And Shane, I wanted to talk to you about your guitar tone. Um, so I see your rig over there, but uh, can you can you tell people what you play and, and how you kind of develop those sounds? Well, I guess my uh, my rig is not what I have here today. Oh, this is different. Okay. It is, okay. You know, it, for unfortunate reasons. Um, <laughs> what, some, <laughs> something's broken, I'm guessing? I, I used to play a Fender Hot Rod DeVille. That oh, was my okay. amp. And it would break down. It break down all the time. It's um, but it was that's the sound of all the records is that Hot Rod Deville. Oh. But um, and a, a Telly, Black Telly, telly yeah. And um, however, I joined a band this past year called Corpse Light, and um, I needed a heavier sound, and also have a Sergeant C sound at the same time. So that's why I have the uh, the EBH fifty one fifty. So it kind of gives it kind of has the tone of a Fender because it's built as a Fender. I think it's Fender Electronics or whatever, but um, it's not as good as that Hot Rod Deville. But yeah. 
It still works. <laughs> it still works. <laughs> yeah, the Hot Rod DeVilles are some pretty amazing mm-hmm. amps. Just There's two spot all the time for me. And is that a Les Paul you play? Uh, or? Um, that's like my secondary guitar. That's the only reason I have that is because of Corpse Light. I need something heavier. Gotcha. But that's a Les Paul Jr., yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. And um, I, I understand that when you play live, you do you turn the cabinet to the, the back. Is that right? Yes, I do. Because I hate hearing the speaker or the cat. I hate hearing the sound out of the, the speaker. I want to hear the reflection. Oh, wow. So, okay. And it does help the sound guy, too. I mean, because um, you don't have to be controlling stage volume versus... Um, stage volume versus the house sound so if you put it backwards you don't really hear what's coming out of that cabinet and you can just push it heavier on the uh, house side and then through the monitors for yourself you know i might have to steal that idea and see how it goes well, it's not my idea so i don't know the guy I don't, suppose i've been told twice already like we did this, the first time i did this was at um baltimore sound stage and he said well this famous guitar player does that that's what he does and i said uh where we play last um, out of bar um Someone told me the same thing. I think it was um, Brooks Brooks Harlan said mm-hmm. that this guy that's what he does. So I forget the guy's name now. That's where yeah. it came from. But that's crazy. Yeah. I never thought to do that. But when you say it, it does make sense. Like you're getting more. You know, I like the percussive sound of, a, of an amp. I don't mm-hmm. like. I don't want to hear that, yeah, that yeah, high yeah. end. I want to hear that, and that's what I feed off of. You know. So okay, cool. That can be a big challenge with some bands, you know, understanding that they need to control that stage volume and mm. let the sound guy do their job and not just like, well, I've got this great gear and I just want to crank it up, you know, <laughs> and like kind of limiting the sound person's capacity to really put out a good sound. Um, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's something I've kind of had a, a challenge with lately is like finding the sweet spot on the amp. So I wonder if doing stuff I hadn't thought of like that might help. But, um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I also wanted to ask you guys what... Um, what you brought to the stars and sea sound when like what what did you add to the demos that you'd heard um from shane like how how did in other words how did things change when you all started playing together as opposed to it being a solo project well i think i think i kind of loosened my drumming kind of loosened things up as far as um you know uh the studio stuff was, uh, you know, perfectly spot on with certain fills, and I played all the fills the way they were on the um, rec- on the uh, recordings as closely as I could. And um, over over, you know, after a certain number of gigs, you know, I started loosening up and playing, you know, some things live that I thought would be, you know, a little more powerful or um, maybe not as powerful, and um, but with more drive. And you know, I always took. Um, uh, lots of direction from Shane as far as like what he would really want to hear and um, but the drumming that I you know tried to bring to the um, the first couple songs was something that I thought was you know a little more different symbol you know symbol crashes like on the offbeat and stuff mm-hmm. like that and uh, yeah so, my um, yeah. my basic influences are like you know, rock and roll like ACDC and things like that. And when I started writing, I, I tried to ignore all my back then. I started re- ignoring all my influences from back in the day to try to come up with something new for myself. And that's where it all came out. And that's where, how John compliments that because he comes from a different era, a genre of music, mm-hmm. like the more, I wouldn't say post-punk, but it's more uh, European or what's, what would it be? European uh, garage rock yeah i guess maybe. would be a good way of putting it in so it loosens it loosens the sound up a lot 
from what I'm, you know, steady, steady drum beat. Mm-hmm. That's what I always want to hear. But you know, he, he fixes that. Yeah, get some more fills in there, that kind of thing. Well, just more loose instead of doing the Phil Rudd. If you know who Phil Rudd is from ACDC, it's yeah. like very simple. Right. Yeah, I so. like a lot of the really unique patterns that John comes up with. Yeah. And so how about you, Jim? What, what did you bring to the mix? <laughs> um, you know, I think I bring a lot. Um, you know, when I first met these guys and they told me what they were looking for, uh, I think one of the things Shane said was, you know, we do a lot of like, you know, um, looking for somebody like a pick, maybe a fuzz pedal and uh, a lot of just kind of walkie sort of bass lines. And I'm like, well, I don't play with a pick and I don't use a fuzz pedal. <laughs> but I think I can bring what you need. And I, I bring like my I like my bass sound to be like very low end heavy, so mm-hmm. not too punchy. Like I turn the tone way down and I just like to have this sort of pre- like a presence in addition to like the, the melodic bass lines that I try to um, bring. But, you know, I came into the band and they already had a, rep- a, a whole bunch of songs. So I had to learn those songs. So I was able to take those prior bass player styles and get those under my fingers first and then kind of adapt my own for my own influences and in how I play bass and bringing what I learned from learning those songs. And so to now where I feel like I'm hopefully at the point where I'm writing great Stars in the Sea bass lines that sound like Stars in the Sea, but they also sound like the special thing that I add, you know, with yeah. my background and influences that I bring in. And that bass player was me. except for maybe like one song (laughs) so what's it like to have your lines reinterpreted kind of on the flip side of that discussion well it works i mean i don't i mean i don't i try to stay out of it Mm because i don't want you know jen to do her own thing i mean sometimes i want to hear certain things like the same thing with john do this simple beat but you know if i try to control that then it becomes um an issue from just say you know letting people have their own creative input Mm -hmm. so i try to stay out of it I think that, that yeah, to a point like yeah but I do think we all sort of also are, are not afraid to tell each other like I like what you're doing here or can you try this a little bit differently yeah. right, so right, that right. things can be tweaked um, for the most cohesive sound and I always appreciate that feedback almost always appreciate mm. that feedback then there's those times when yeah. you just... <laughs> okay. um, and uh, I think you guys uh, did I see online you have like uh, 13 recordings out is that right 13 releases? Yes, we do. Wow. 13, but there's a lot of some of them are singles, okay. and some of them are EPs, three songs here. Um, I think the most songs we have on a record is like maybe five or six. Six. Five. And then we did it. We did a live record, live release at a wind up space called uh, Live at the Wind Up Space. <laughs> nice title. And that was in 2011. So none of them are like full full length. Uh, no. Thing. Okay. Yeah, I was curious about that because I was like, "Wow, that's that's super prolific," and it still is. Um, I'm I'm not trying to say that, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just... it's like more of um, like to me. I mean, no one really, unless you're popular, no one cares about what you're doing. So we were in the beginning, we were just writing songs and putting them out there just to get, hey, we have a song here, this is our song, and then we would have, oh, we have three more songs. Here's three more songs, and just do it that way. And it's also the financial end of it for not mm. selling. If you're if you're not selling all the time, it's you're. They, be, they become coffee coasters, you know. It's sure. And I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know if we write that many songs at once. The um, like I'm real lazy at writing songs. Killing, <laughs> Killing Fields of Lovers, I think, is just under 34 minutes, maybe right. somewhere right around there for six songs. We tend to write so, like every three three minute songs type of thing. Okay. So it's a yeah. um, it's a quick, easy listen, and it's um, I think it's really good. Yeah. 
Is that um that that's not the most recent though, right? Is that the second to last? The second, yeah, yeah, awesome. We did. Um, did things change much between that one and uh, the last one? Is is the last one goth punk? Is that what? Yeah, Yeah, the very recent one was goth punk. Yeah. So did um, did you guys undergo? Did did you have like a strategy to change in your sound at all, or was it just like let's see what happens? No, it did change, and that's probably due to my being in uh, the other band and having more of a heavier rock and roll rock sense. I mean, the other songs were, every, every, all the releases before that were still in that post-punky, gothy-ish thing. Not really goth, we have gothiest thing, and it kind of started beginning, becoming more rock, mm-hmm. like more straight ahead rock, even though my voice is a little low. It's, it's, that's what this the new record is kind of on that. We're trying to get back a little bit further for our mm-hmm. next stuff, but. Yeah, I feel like the the latest release is a really neat marriage of like the sort of classic Stars in the Sea sound and then the newer like sort of rock thing that we've been doing for the last couple of years. So if a song like Galaxy, which is like this very just like boom, 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 kind of bass line and it's just very straight ahead and it's got this great melody and vocal line and cool guitar thing. And then there's a song like Disintegration, which is just like punch you in the face rock, you know, and it's... I think it's a really neat, like, sort of balance of, like, the the past of Stars in the Sea and the present and then, you know, where we're going. Mm-hmm. Very accessible, I think, for anyone to, who, to listen to it. It's very, it's an easy listen. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And the reason behind the title of the record, Goth Punk, is because we're neither, really. But, we get, <laughs> but every time we play, we every time yeah. we're asked to play, we're always playing either with, like, oh, you're goth, so we got to place you with a goth band. Or a punk band, we're not. We're kind of like in the middle. You guys, um, I can definitely hear the influences, though. Uh, There might be influences, like we're not goths. Like, no, yeah. Everyone thinks we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like we can play with anyone, really, except for a really heavy band. People probably see your black hair, hear your low voice, and go, "Oh, they're goth." Right, right. No, you gotta listen to it. I kind of think it's an interesting strategy to release songs as you have them ready. Um, so, how do you record then? Do you um, do, do you go to the studio or? Yeah, we go to Jay Robbins at Magpie. That's where okay. we've been going for the past few years. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it's you, it's you great have... because it's um, the way he does it. He wants to do it live, so basically we go in and record everything live as you play live, you know, out on the show, and uh, and then we'll go back and do some minor overdubs, and we're we're done pretty much, and it captures, you know. The moment of the recording and the sound quality is great yeah, yeah, on yeah. it too so oh, you have great. a long relationship with him then and, mm-hmm. yes. okay that's awesome um so when did the the uh, goth punk come out it came out in december 13th of last year okay so that is really recent yeah. that is, what's the um have you gotten a lot of feedback on that at this point i don't know Give us some feedback. <laughs> I think it sounds good. Yeah. You get positive feedback for me. It sounds good. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, no one. No, I mean, Baltimore is Baltimore. I mean, no one cares in Baltimore. It's a challenge. It's like, if, no, the only the other big issue with that is that I'm friends with like everyone, just from over the years and years of networking and just being in everyone else's shows for years and becoming friends with people. And I'm a photographer, so I shoot people's bands. So I become when you become friends with people they don't come to your shows because you're they're your friend they may mm-hmm. show up but they don't they don't when you become a friend with someone you're not necessarily become you're not a fan anymore you're yeah you, no you i know. see what you mean yeah sort and of a different relationship mm-hmm. that develops right so you don't feel obligated to go oh i need to go see this show 
because they know you, who you are personally. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this thing in Baltimore. It's very, uh, some people, some people get, some bands get support, some bands don't. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you are, it doesn't matter. I'll say too, like with regards to feedback on the new release, um, even though that came out in December of last year, uh, we had been playing a lot of those songs live for much longer. Mm-hmm. So we had been gradually sort of getting feedback at shows of like, hey, I really like the you know new new song you guys are doing or whatever. So it's like when the album came out, most of the people who were going to listen to that EP already, you know, had heard the songs live. Um, so mm-hmm. didn't maybe so feel so inclined to you know give us a ton of like hey this is great or you know i can't stand or whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) kind of feedback yeah that's awesome so you mentioned the photographer and that's how i got to know you you did a wonderful celebrity shoot thank you very much for that Mm -hmm. and so one of the things i wanted to ask is um does your visual artist career have much of an impact on your music career i mean obviously the networking thing I wouldn't say it's a career. I, did every, I don't get paid. I, I get paid to do like shoots like yours. <laughs> sure. But like to play shoot, you don't get paid doing live photography. Oh, yeah, sure. You, that's true. So you're doing it just to do it. And uh, it's kind of both. It's really the same. I mean, I'm probably well more known for my photography because when you shoot for, again, when you shoot for someone else, then everyone else's friends see that photo. So, and they're going to celebrate that photo because their friends are in it. So it's um, music is not you know like that. So that's well, our friends like our music, so that's why they show our shows. But photography has a much wider audience because of all the people I would shoot. I think um, it gets shared out in the world as opposed right, you're to like getting shared to in... multiple people, and it's a photo, so you don't most people don't have to waste their time. They don't have to go out, get dressed, and go to a show. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Sorry, Baltimore. <laughs> It's uh, it's tough to get people out. It's just, it's true. We can't, we can't lie about that. Times have changed. <laughs> but um, you guys do have shows coming up. It's probably a good time to talk about that. So um, what what are your plans for April? Um, April seventh, we have a show at um, Wine of the Space with uh the Skeletal Family. That should be pretty good. I'm excited for that show. That's probably that's probably we have a few more, but that's okay. Our, that's the big our biggest one. show that's coming big up. One. Yeah. What um I, I I'm not familiar with them. Are they um are they a punky band or they were like a a, a British band, pro, you know, back in the '80s, and um they're signed to a, ma- a label and pretty you know they charted over there. I don't think they really did oh, really? um a lot over here, but um they they definitely uh were a name. They definitely have an underground following because there's yeah. a lot of people going to the show so. That's awesome. Yeah, I hope, I hope you get a lot of people out there. They have some mm. material on YouTube, some of their videos that they had done back then. And um, I know they're, they've still been playing out in the past, you know, in the recent years. They've gotten back together and started playing again. But, uh, yeah, they had some decent stuff. Yep. Saturday, April 7th, Wine of Space. Everybody yeah, I'm get looking, out there. Everybody looking forward to that. So had you been a fan of them? I kn- I've, I've heard their name and... Um, I knew about them. I didn't. I never really um, pursued them. I was listening to a lot of other bands at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shane, I think we talked a little bit before we started recording about um, playing playing out of town, right? Have you guys had a chance to do that much? Or we've done it a few times. We normally go like three three days out, four days out, or something, and come back. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we're always sort of perpetually talking about like let's let's book a little tour, you know, and and um, it's just a matter of coordinating all us getting the right time off from our day jobs. And yeah. last time know. was awesome because Jen worked for Marriott, so we got the really nice hotel rooms. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I worked for a travel agency that we were able to get discounts on on a few different. And John, Matt, who'd you meet at yeah. the pool? Pardon? Oh, yeah, Did you, you meet at the some, pool? Some the heiress who was married to like a CEO of some big. The company. heiress of um, um like remember like in the mattress, Serta mattress yeah. company or oh, something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, she I, was awesome. She was a trip. Yeah, was what? her name like Lisa Serta or something? Yeah. I hope that no, it was something. No, like she that. lived in California and she had a a, a house in in one on one of the lakes in the uh, uh, German Alps or something. Oh. But it was fun. That was in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, that place. It was a nice. Mi- it was a nice micro tour we went on. <laughs> yeah. It was good. And uh, you guys usually do the northeast, I think you said. That's what we did that last was the time. northeast. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about maybe trying to go south next time. Yeah, where where would you like to hit that you haven't yet? I know we can get. It's all about where. where it's more about where can you get a show. He's right. going to help you out. I mean, I know we can get a show in Charlottesville, um, Virginia. And probably through my other tour, the other band I went with, maybe down in Georgia. I'd love to play in Atlanta. You know, I used like to that. live there. I've still got some friends there, so um, it'd be neat to like get them to come out and, yeah. and then figure it out from there. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a challenge just getting everything to line up. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard enough to get one gig together. But right. uh, my my sister's down in Atlanta. How long were you there? Just... I lived in Atlanta from 2003 to 2006. Okay. Did you like it? It was awesome. Yeah. yeah I liked it too much. That's why I had to leave. <laughs> No, it'd probably be fun to to get down there to play, though, right? Maybe. Yeah, totally. I, I actually was just there um, for a work trip last year uh, and got to see some old friends and hit some. I was only there for one night, so I really didn't get to do a ton. But like, I'm always like, I can't wait to go back to Atlanta. <laughs> awesome, loved it there. Great city, yeah, and a great music scene. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot going on down there that probably we don't hear too much about. Or at least I don't. But right, that's, that's just me being old too. But uh, um. Well, I, I guess we can kind of wind things down, but before I do that, um, is there anything else that we need to cover? Anything else that um, that you want to say? No? In no good we're shape? just really happy to get to be involved in this and yeah. appreciate you coming out. And- no, it's been good talking to you guys. So, um, all right, then when I... When I wind down the show, I always ask um, what advice you would have for either younger musicians or people that are just starting out, either way. Um, so I guess we'll start with you. What what words of wisdom would you have for someone playing music? Yeah. Right. Oh, they're, uh, they're, they're passing the buck here. <laughs> I'll start. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I was going right. to say, maybe we should just start with So, something. you know, newer musicians start, starting out trying to play shows and, you know, you get your shows like show up on time mm-hmm. stay and watch and support the other bands uh, you know finish your set in the allotted amount of time uh and just be respectful uh you know when you do have a show of the other bands that are playing and and being supportive of the scene and respectful of the sound guy and their time and, and the the planning that went into it that's my advice that's very good stuff and of course um there's networking it took me um i don't know four years just to get a show a real a, you know really Get consistent shows just by networking and meeting people and being out almost every night, just every week, every week, just out, 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 supporting people, being there. So you have to be involved. You just can't sit at home and and go out once every other week and mm-hmm. expect to get people to you know give you shows and call you for shows and things like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So. Set your gear up quickly, tear down quickly, 
And also, when you are setting up, give the other band a chance to get off the stage <laughs> in a few minutes before you're up there, up their ass. I've been yeah. guilty about that one, but I didn't realize, in my defense, that's, I didn't realize that was up their ass. That's, that's, a, a, that's a good one to learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're up and down in five minutes. Yeah. That's what we that's are. Awesome. That's what we it's do. just like, finish your set. <laughs> you know, you can talk to your friends after you unload mm-hmm. all your stuff off the stage, just if they want to talk to you, like... Hey, give me a minute. I've got to get off the stage and then, you know, go mingle mm-hmm. afterwards. But yeah, it's business. I mean, you got to run it like a business to a degree. Yeah, people forget that. Oh, you guys are full of such practical advice. I love this. I'm going to make everybody listen to this. That's <laughs> like just, this should be a lesson in the school of rock or something like that. <laughs> Anyway, it was really great talking to you guys. I really like the new um, EP. Can we call it an EP? Is that what it is? Uh, Um, Three songs. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It sounds really good. Thank uh, you. Thanks so much for your time, guys. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Yep.